0: From in the beginning to the musical apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What. I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. Before we begin today's regularly scheduled program, I have two new patrons to thank, Eric Carter and Tim Culver. Thank you for your help keeping the recording light on. You too can be immortalized in BSW history by going to patreon.com forward slash BSW the podcast and signing up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will get you early access to each new episode on Wednesdays, stickers, a signed copy of the book, and even shout-outs on the show. That's patreon.com forward slash podcast. That being said, perfect justice. One person's irrational punishment is another's perfect justice. How one feels about a punishment or lack thereof will differ greatly amongst the masses. One thing I think most of us can agree on is that justice should be fair, that the punishment should fit the crime. What sounds more just in this situation, changing hearts and minds to save the masses, or changing hearts and minds so you can kill a bunch of kids in their sleep during the Passover? Would you call that perfect or just? It's not a difficult choice here. If you had the power to stop bad things from happening, or to cause bad things to happen, but chose the bad things, that's not perfect or just. If you use your powers for bad, such as killing a bunch of kids in their sleep to show off your powers to their parents, you're not setting a good example for justice. If this is not how the Christian deity wants us to act, why would he call his actions good? How can he be seen as the ultimate authority on justice if he's going around hardening hearts and slaughtering kids for an ego boost? God can't come up with a way to show off his powers that doesn't involve death and destruction? Again. How is he the good guy in the story? To me, the justice he dishes out is monstrous and evil. But to Christians, it's all part of his perfectly just plan. Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? (laughs) Okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, I, I did not
1: figure this out on your own?
0: No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. What do you think the Passover was? always sets up a whole system in the old testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you today's special guest is christian podcaster life coach and returning guest michael jacquith welcome to the show michael
2: michael i'm so glad to be back this was the highlight of my week i'm looking forward to this time with you i love it
0: good me too man i'm excited So last time we kind of left off on um, literal truth on how you figure out what, what, you know, what's true and what's not there. Um, But before we jump back into that, give the folks a home refresher course on what you do.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for that invitation. So I'm a life coach. I'm a weird life coach. I have a PhD in chemistry. I'm a super analytical kind of guy. I'm also a man of faith. And so what I do is I bring coaching into the faith-based realm for guys who are struggling, trying to, you know, be a good husband, be a good father, struggling at work, wherever. I come in, I help you guys solve the problems there and just blow them out of the water.
0: <laughs> fun. Sounds fun, man. Sounds like hard work, but fun. So it's heavy lifting. The Bible is true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Bible. Um, refresh your course again. What do you believe the Bible to be?
2: So I believe the Bible to be the inspired word of God. It's not all literal truth, but all of it is inspired to teach us something in particular to the larger questions of faith. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for that. So,
0: back into it again right where we left off literal truth um you had mentioned that the old testament is less literal than the new testament um go ahead and start off from there
2: totally and, and let me also put a caveat here like i have not mm-hmm. gone through and does, done a measurement like, based on percentage or whatever i don't i don't know that number <laughs> and i do believe a great deal of the old testament is literal truth but i think what i was trying to say and caption that is this idea that the old testament even insofar as a lot of it may or may not be literal truth, there's still a tremendous amount of what I'll call psychological truth, emotional truth, spiritual truth mm. to be gleaned. And oftentimes some of these stories that, you know, by myself, even get hung up on sometimes, mm. you know, about the killing of this and kill all the men, kill all the women, give the woman to those yeah. wives, whatever. There's oftentimes a deeper lesson to what's going on there. And I think what we need to do with these stories is have some way of determining what is the lesson we're supposed to be learning from this particular section of the Bible. Because some of them, as you correctly point out, and I will give you full credit for this, are downright confusing and extremely difficult to understand what the heck they're supposed to be about. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we can just go to a few. I mean, I just, I mean, do you, is it subjective or do you think that there is an objective truth within each one of these?
2: You know, I I don't know that even we're going to make the claim there's an objective truth in each one insofar as I'll say an factual truth. So again, I'm a scientist by background, right? And Mm. so I have to sort of differentiate here what do I even mean by a scientific truth? And so if you ask me right now, did the Battle of, you know, the Battle of Troy when they, uh, oh gosh, pull the name of the Greek banks, did that battle even take place? Well, we actually have to express that even within a certain level of a confidence interval, right? Like we Mm. do have historical information suggesting that the Battle of Troy took place, but there's also some room for historical doubt of that. And so that, that Brad Pitt was into. there, exactly. Oh man, we he have that though, historical life If he yeah, was just, there, um... man, man, I'm <laughs> telling you, I'm not sure Detroit <laughs> was who they were fighting over. If you know what I mean, so <laughs> that was such a fun movie. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I loved. It. No, it was so great. It's so great. But even that, well, that's a great moment there too. Because look at Mm. the real key to that moment isn't the fighting scenes, it's the emotional scenes. The scene when the king comes and kisses his hands and he says, Mm. and there you see, I've done the apostle, kiss the hands of the man who slayed my son. Like there's a piece of me inside that just gets ripped out when I read that. And and I have no clue if that actually happened. Like that to me seems like a Hollywood extrapolation, right? But
0: if cool if it did though,
2: I mean, whew. And the psychological truth, is the emotional truth of that is so profound. That echoes into reality in a very powerful way. Hmm.
0: Hmm. So, man, I, I just want like, there's a couple of them right off the top of my head. Um, the the uh, command for the, the you know, if you're a priest and your daughter becomes a prostitute, um, the Bible says to burn her alive.
2: Is there something we can get out of that? So one of the things I think that, uh, let, me, let me put this in the context this way. Hmm. I believe it was uh, Pope John Paul II who said, one of the greatest challenges of modern culture is we've lost a sense of the severity of sin. And... I think, you know, it, mm. let, let's pretend, for example here, Michael, that maybe I reach through this Zoom lens and I steal $5 from your wallet. I, I've committed a sin, right? But mm. you would probably agree with me that, well, you may not want to have me on your podcast as a guest again after this horrible offense. It's really not worth being burned alive for that one. Like, that mm. seems a little bit extreme for stealing $5 from your wallet. And I would agree with that. Yeah. And I think one of the things that the Bible uses these examples to really call us out to understand the sense of here is understanding when we sin against God, the severity is so much greater. Now, Why? one of the things that I'm a life coach for men, this is a great tie-in, hmm. and one of the things that lots of men get really struck, struck up on is their wives will say something. And Their wives will say something. Women love the words always and never. I don't know if you've noticed that before. And they Humans. I've, I've noticed it in humans. Yeah, for sure. Totally true. Male,
0: female, don't matter. Yeah, kids. Also true.
2: <laughs> yeah. And when they do, here's one of the tricks I give men. When Mm -hmm. your wife says, you never do this thing, I'll pause, you probably do sometimes. Like, you know, don't get in the weeds about that, but instead Mm -hmm. interpret it as if she actually had said, I feel as horrible as I would feel if you never did this thing. Mm -hmm. And when you put that lens into it, understanding my wife, now it allows me to connect my wife and say, oh honey, I see how horrible you feel. I don't need to get worried over the details of whether or I technically have always done this thing or not, because that's not important. She's feeling yucky. She has this horrible feeling. And as her husband, huh. I want to connect with her and help her out with that. And that free framing is critical, but I'm actually going to challenge us here that I think what the, huh. the lesson here, the emotional lesson, the practical lesson here from the Bible is to say the sin here is so severe that we should be as opposed to the sin as we would be if this were the actual consequence. Hmm. So. Does this make sense? Well, I mean,
0: <laughs> I mean, you rationalize as best you can. I appreciate that. Um, but I mean, do, do you think this happened? I mean, did did people look at this and go, oh, there's a life lesson here. I'm not going to burn my daughter. Or did they burn I'm, their daughters?
2: I have no doubt there were people who burned their daughters. Like, look, this is a harsh yeah. world, man. There's some crazy, crazy stuff that's the happened. The Bible up. says to like Did they do F-top it because
0: stuff? the Bible said to
2: you know, uh, the Bible has been used, I'm sad to say, to justify a tremendous number of horrible, horrible events that have taken place throughout time. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you that the Bible has not been used to just to justify atrocities. And so insofar okay. as it's poorly phrased towards that end, I can sympathize even with that. Not that I sympathize with the action, of course, but I sympathize with the misinterpretation thereof. But, you know, honestly here, Michael, what I'm going to appeal to is that the, to me, what seems relatively obvious need for a source of interpretive authority.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's weird we don't have one of those. God can't come down and tell us what he meant to well,
2: say actually i'm going to pause and so this one huh? spot where i've got a bit of a card over a lot a lot of process might have isn't all right Catholic, well i do believe i actually have a sense of legitimate interpretive authority and i think actually the point you make here is so exquisitely well made to justify where that authority needs to reside or is the it fact a ghost? that even authority needs to exist at all no 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 okay. not a ghost uh, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I guess you could say they live in the ghost of the first pope. No, no, no. So the, as a Catholic, I believe that mm. when the, what well, we could call the pope, but really just say the bishop who sits in the seat of Peter, speaking in unison with the other ah. bishops, can provide legitimate interpretive authority. Now, that's not over, they don't want to overvalue that. Like, if the pope comes up and says, I think chocolate ice cream is the best, you are not required as a Catholic well, to believe that chocolate ice well,
0: cream is First off, we've got a guy that, that drives around in a bubble because he's scared to die. I mean, that's that's and God's right. on his side. He speaks for God. I mean, you're just saying God can't protect his favorite guy, his speaker. Um, well, and then if we get the speaker saying different things from other speakers, like his whole view on gay marriage now, that uh, they can be well, blessed so or something like too. that. Yeah, it's it's changing. So, we have so to be God very, very careful?
2: So, so we have to be very careful here because actually the pope is mm-hmm. as an individual. Is allowed to have whatever opinions he wants. He could think that uh, Joe Biden's a great guy or a horrible guy. And and that doesn't make it dogmatic teaching. The actual formulations within the Catholic Church are actually very, very restrictive. And you have to f- be follow a very precise rubric to say this is an infallible pronunciation. Yeah. And to be also well, to go a little further, because I think gay marriage is a very timely topic as well. Yeah. And if you look at what's actually written in the document, it's extremely ambiguous. He mm. does say, specifically, you can bless him what the heck does that doesn't even mean. There's actually right. no particular uh, like legalistic definition of what a blessing conveys in terms of rights.
0: Blessing with a stone. Cause that the Bible says to stone them. So, I mean, I mean, blessing them with stoning them to death. Cause that's what Jesus wants. Right. Um, but again, well, actually, the d- different speakers but, have different you know, things to say too, though. And there's no two Catholics you can find but, that are identical. I mean, they're always a little bit different and a little bit in, in areas. So they're going with different speakers or they're just using their own interpretations. I mean, it's, and again, it's, it's the same issue. We're missing a key figure that says exactly what this is supposed to mean. This is God's inspirational words. God wants us to learn something from this, but he can't come down and explain it. And we have to have a guy in a large hat in a Mobile tell us what God is thinking. That's
2: weird. Here, I heard a story once. It's kind of a cute little story. Uh, there's a man whose wife is Christian, and it's Christmas Eve, and oh. she goes off to the church. It's cold, it's winter night, and he says, "I'm not going. I'm staying home." And he's outside. It's getting late at night, and he sees this group of birds fly in. They're dying. It's so cold. He goes out. He opens up the barn. They don't want to go in the barn. They're scared. He goes out. Tries to scare them in the barn. They won't go in. They're just dying out there in the yard because it's super, super cold this night. And eventually, he screams out in frustration. If only I could go become a bird and go tell them it's safe to go in the barn. And that exact moment. When the bell rings midnight and the christmas eve mass has begun and the point of the story is to say sometimes when you have people as stubborn as i am hmm. god has to become something like us to come visit us he can't just if he appeared in all of his majesty i'd be as stupid as that bird I'd Be like that's too scary man i'm not going in that barn god can't show up and not scare you i honestly believe that the the glory of god is so great and this is i'll say even based in the old testament could he do it yes yeah but if you he has done to perceive the goodness of god I mean, he's, I, he's talked to the, Moses
0: face to face. Remember, I mean, and, and Joseph. I mean, he, he wrestled. Dude, with him. whatever
2: happened take to Moses? his Joseph, face take. was glowing when he came out of there. And let me blunt. I think Moses is a holier man than me. Like I've, I've got some skills <laughs> in the closet, man.
0: Well, I don't know. If, I've I don't know. I've read the stories. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Oh, man, that's a, that throws me off. That's another story, the Moses story. Oh, my goodness. What can we learn from that story when when she has to circumcise her son because God's going to kill Moses? Why? We don't know. He just enters there, and then she cuts off the foreskin, throws it at him, and then says some magic words, and God goes away. I mean, there's just so many stories like that that just make no sense. And I understand the whole trying to relay the severity of sin. I understand that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I understand why you would think that that's what it's doing and, and God's trying to relay that. But it just doesn't make any sense to me because we're going to go right back to the root of why is that so severe? Why does God require such harsh punishments for ridiculous things?
2: So we we need to break apart what the harsh means here. Harsh. And I, I want to do some concept Slaughter of justice,
0: of, of children, uh, burning of of women um there's raiding of town he starves children to death he drowns children he kills them in the exodus you know
2: i mean there's really bad things so 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 i i think we, what he's really trying to convey here like I if i a couple minutes ago i used this idea of stealing five bucks from you through the zoom calendar you yeah. know that's that's not that big of a deal yeah. but let's imagine i were to do something to you that was so horrible that what if you didn't love me michael what if you didn't love me what would I do? Is that do? a hypothetical question?
0: If I lashed out because you didn't love me, oh my god, Michael doesn't love me, I spit you out of my mouth. Be gone. But here's the
2: difference. I though. mean, I what? I didn't you don't owe me nothing, and I don't owe you nothing, really. Because I didn't create you. you didn't I don't owe God we're nothing we're either. Ah, uh, but see, there's the difference. Oh, so you know I they, have
0: to owe him something? Like, why do I have to owe him something? Well,
2: well where'd you come from? How'd you get get the ability? You know where
0: I came from. You know how this works. (laughs) We don't need to explain it. We're all adults here.
2: (laughs) Indeed, we don't need to go that level for sure. But my point is to say, all that is created, all of it had to come from somewhere. There's the old joke about, like, you know, the scientist who says, "I can." So why do I owe him something?
0: Did I ask to be created? Do I owe my parents something because they gave birth to me? No, I I don't owe them uh, anything.
2: I actually disagree with that. I would say you do your parents a great deal. Parents suffer tremendously wow. for their children. I well, got six course, kids, dude, I, and you anything. got kids. Um, so here's my the kids idea don't owe that. me that's... anything
0: except for maybe five bucks I let them borrow the other day. But that's about it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I it's, think... it's, it's it's a weird concept. Now they owe me something because I gave birth to them, or the, I I was part of their creation. So now they owe me something. That's not how this works, what? man.
2: Well, let me be blunt here. The, the actual yeah. contribution of yours directly to their creation, that that may be relatively small. Like, you know, that first few little bit there, your wife probably you know yeah. earned a little more yeah. merits than you did. Yeah. But that said, I suspect you, like most parents, when you talk to your kids, expect some level of respect and expect some level of obedience from the mm. children. That's that's a common expectation for most people. It's baked into, I'll say, the a, human
0: parenting experience. Me, me, I'm just a, uh, a feeble human being with, with human emotions. God is an all-powerful, all-good being.
2: Who gets upset if I don't love him. My claim to you, though, is I believe it's right that you expect a certain amount of obedience and respect from your children. Because the truth Mm -hmm. is that in the strictest sense, if I'm just speaking legally here, you have invested in it. They didn't ask for it. But you have invested into them. You've poured tremendously resources, time, money, effort, tears, blood at times, poop wiping up. Almost so much poop. <laughs> like
0: every I can tell you stories, but no. Um so what does God what happens to God when we sin? Does it hurt his feelings? Does he get upset? Like does he uh, have an emotional reaction? God so have an
2: emotional reaction. I no idea if God has emotions, but I do believe that the sense of justice is violated. And as a Christian, I believe that God is both perfect justice and perfect mercy, but it's both and. And the sense perfect. of justice is critical justice. because we need to really dive into that justice piece. And I think, yeah. you know, a lot of when, when Jeffrey Epstein's uh, compatriot, oh, what's his name? One of those compatriots in there. And I don't know why he had brought, brought, brought up, you know, he, mm-hmm. he was asked, he was a Christian. He was asked, how could you do all these horrible things and be a Christian at the same time? Don't you know Jesus loves you and the man responds oh of course i know jesus loves me what i forgot though is a sense of the fear of the lord for the lord's justice and if god is both and there is a violation of justice when your child comes up to you and says f you dad you've never done nothing for me you've never given me anything i'm out of here you suck and i'll spit on your property and smash your window on my way out that's a violation of justice so
0: what should i do in that instance you have what should i you. do in that instance what would be ah, the godly thing to now do what you should
2: What you should do is very different than what God should do. Because bluntly, your sense of justice isn't perfect.
0: Do as I say, not as I do. Um, That's not good parenting.
2: When I was recently, uh, so we had a lot of snow up here. You know, we have some cold weather. I mentioned the pipes racing right before I hit record. And we have this gigantic snowblower, and it's way too big. So I have a six-year-old boy, and he comes out, and he loves helping. He's, he's got a good heart. He loves to be a helper, right? And all the time, he wants to come over and do what Dad's doing. So I'm trying to work on the auger motor, right? And he knows how Dad flips the on-off switch to turn the auger on. Well, this is one of those moments where... Don't do what I do. Like, you have to do what I say, boy, because otherwise it's dangerous. And there's a lot of stuff that I'm able to do because I I understand the safety implications of this large engine. It's dangerous that he doesn't if, understand.
0: if we get upset because people don't love us.
2: It's dangerous if we presume that our sense of justice is sufficiently complete to take justice into our own hands.
0: How is his justice
2: perfect? That's the word you used, perfect. How uh, is his justice perfect? So do you mean that question the sense of how did it come to be so? Or what are you asking the question of what would perfect justice be?
0: <laughs> I definitely don't think it's perfect. But okay. <laughs> I mean, the flood right off the bat, that's not perfect justice. Let's drown every puppy, kitten, and baby on the planet because, you know, I regret making humans, even though I knew exactly what was going to happen. So, I mean, there's right off the bat. Um, yeah.
2: You know, it, this gets back to the idea, though, and I think maybe the flood, even right there, is another one mm-hmm. that really drives from the point. About understanding the severity of sin, like let's let's do with the parenting example here for a second, right? Like okay, I get my kids. Let's, a lot. let's sure. back up
0: the train. I do want to. I I do want to get yeah. in the severity of sin back. I do want to do that again. But I, I, the perfect justice. How is it perfect? How is his justice seen as perfect by you? I see it as horrible and ridiculous. I mean, he needs bloodshed for forgiveness. If Hitler said he loves Jesus, he gets to go to heaven. That's not justice whatsoever. That's uh, that's the mercy
2: part. He's both. This is tricky. To that's have both not justice, justice though. And perfect mercy. Uh, it's both, and and so we have to get to the where the mercy comes. Michael, in. that's is not the, justice. The if he
0: does and not we, suffer any punishment for what he did, that is not justice.
2: If, if he another, gets a free let's, pass,
0: let's, that's
2: not justice. But let's pretend that I can come up and I instead of five bucks, I steal fifty thousand bucks from you. There's a justice. First off, there. where'd you get but that? Maybe my good buddy <laughs> comes up and pays you the fifty thousand dollars back. Uh-huh. Well, I'm hoping it's your wallet. That's my bet. Like, so I saw your wallet five minutes ago. Well, I'm going to be a little sad. But you know, <laughs> let's say, though, my buddy comes up and he repays you the 50 grand on my behalf. Uh-huh. And you'd say, well, I accept the money. I got the money back. I'm happy. So, in this sense, <sighs> no, I'm not because you still did not get
0: punished for be- stealing from me. You need to be punished for your actions. But well, stealing from me is a to be crime punished. that is punishable.
2: Why do we punish crimes?
0: Why? So we can teach you that it's wrong
2: and de- you? We have the death penalty? That's the real one right there. Yep, yep, yep. That's the one. So like, for example, the death penalty makes no sense in this logic because you, you literally, you're teaching them nothing. They're dead, right? And, and to a large <laughs> extent, the data is very clear yeah. that- But you're teaching you others not to do systems. it. You're yes, teaching- the exactly.
0: So when God kills children, he's teaching others not to disobey him?
2: Uh, well, we'll get to that in a second, but let me finish up because- this now, really Again, that's not this justice
0: matter. or perfect or loving.
2: Or rational, or logical. I can continue. When humans, create, <laughs> when humans create justice, we're already working with an imperfect framework. Because the truth is, as a human being, like, like I actually don't have a way. Like if I'm in charge of a criminal you know, unit and I have to make crime policy for my state or whatever, I have no way to be make that perfect. And so I do it as a deterrent. And so like, like when I you know I choose the policy, and the data shows us mm-hmm. very well that sending somebody to prison, eh, to a certain extent, they age out of the criminal age. But in terms of direct behavior modification, it's not a great tool. It doesn't actually Mm. tend to teach him a lesson. Mm. What it does is it serves a deterrent to other people to say, don't do this thing or this yucky thing will happen to you too. And that's Mm. our solution too, but that's not God's solution. And so in the sense here, where if I stole from you, and let's say I steal from God, which I do every time I sin, okay? Then God (laughs) is willing to (laughs) accept.
0: We we got to touch on that one too. You stealing from God when you sin now? That's a a new new one. Okay, go ahead. It's,
2: It's stealing that which is owed. It's the same, it's the exact parallel to when our children disrespect a parent. No, that's so dramatic time, for no reason. Are-
0: I mean, oh my god, you've disobeyed me now, you're stealing from what you owe me. That's what I tell my kids every time. Like, that's that's not dramatic, to you. Uh, it's not over the top and pointless.
2: We don't use that language, but that's we don't need to, weigh what it means, the top and pointless. Well, honestly, it's also because we actually are owed as parents far less than what God is owed as uh, us. Like, uh, yeah, okay. I, I wiped a few butts. I didn't yeah. create the very atoms that make up the body of this other person. I didn't create the rules of physics and the gun, the governing bodies of the sky and planets and motions and the complex biological life rules that sustain life. here. like, I, I did none of that. You know, I had the a mosquitoes, few mosquitoes with my and wife. flesh eating viruses. Or, oh, yeah, for sure. And <laughs> And and then I wiped a few pots, put a few foods, and worked for a little bit. And the washback kids break my stuff, and so like, sure, there's there's a contribution there, but it's actually tiny compared to the contribution what God has given to each of us. And so, in a real sense, when I don't deliver on that, or maybe let's say it this way: like, let's say that you know, here's a good story. Um, I. We're so blessed. We get to live right near a downhill ski resort. And I'm a pretty strong dude, actually. I, I just uh, was doing some deadlifts in the 400-pound range the other day. And I'm out there. And, and this big old dude fell down in a powder puff of snow. And I look at him like he's just stuck as stuck can be. So I ski over to him, right? And I kind of just help hoist him up, get my arm on his shoulder, boom, pop him out of the powder puff, send him on his way. And the way, I just thank you, dude. That really appreciate it. And he felt the reason to say that for some reason. Why did he say that? Because he's being polite. Uh, a little bit, sure. But why is it polite to do that? And my claim is because Because it's polite, there's a a tiny debt, tiny, tiny tiny debt that he incurred because I went on my way to stop and helped him and he he repaid that debt, which is just a simple thank you. See, I think there's a difference here. I don't feel I'm
0: owed anything. I'm not just going to sit there and say the world owes me this. Those kids owe me this. My parents Uh, owe me this. I'm not going to. It's weird to me.
2: Actually, argue you're far more in debt of your towards your parents. My my debt (sighs) is actually you owe your parents, not the other way around. But but we as parents do operate in that logic. It's not spoken clear, it's not clearly articulated. But it is the fundamental. Is that right though?
0: Is that a good logic to think by that everybody owes me something or that somebody owes me something? Is that a good logic to live
1: by?
2: Uh, in general, no, because my sense of evaluation is pretty poor. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when I look at a situation, I tend to not have a very clear perspective about it and that's different than God's perspective and this is this is I'll say when we get down to it there is an element of faith here that eventually comes in when I say that God has perfect justice if you put me on the pedestal say well how did he become so I have no idea like there, there's no way I, I don't know the history of God I can't say well he grew up as a little no, bit no not how like, how, how is he? how justice. is he
0: like what, his actions what I see do not show perfect justice that's what I see I see drowning of babies is not perfect justice in any sense of the word I don't see how
2: that can be so Two things come to mind for this. Number one, we do need to differentiate when something is metaphorical and symbolic and when something, or even I'll say, when something is taking place that God allows to happen, which in a real sense could be said that God does it, but it's a difference in terms of the application of justice versus when something's literally fundamentally true and because God intervenes directly to do it. But the second piece we need to really differentiate here is you're presupposing that your discernment for justice is equal to that of the almighty and it's better, actually better. Uh, oh, fair enough. Fair enough. That oh, yeah, your, your yeah. claim is that yours is better than that. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. And, but that's a tricky subject. It's How do we very easy.
0: What? We just, we just start off with drowning kids. I don't think that's justice. There you go. I don't think but, killing children, innocent babies is justice. And he also wants bloodshed for forgiveness. That that's also part of his justice. And it can't be just any bloodshed. It has to be the innocent, the blood of the innocent. Again, these are not good things. These are terrible. I don't see this as perfect justice whatsoever. I see it as disgusting and, and gory and needless.
2: Yeah, I, I'm going to go ever so slightly political, and, and yeah. you decide you want to cut this bit out later on. <laughs> but right now, there's a huge political divide in our country over the issue of abortion. And those of us who are on the that's pro-life there, side yeah. Yeah. would actually say that that is the needless killing of babies. We, you know, we do believe that human life begins So it's okay if God
0: does it, but not if people do it.
2: Is that where well, we're that's at? my point. Uh, we're not at that point yet. We're at the point is to say it's not necessarily clear what the right judgment is. Our country is divided. On judging this issue, it's not clear to me actually that it's universally agreed that killing a baby is necessarily wrong. In fact, even when you look at our, they don't call it. It's not
0: a baby, man. That's not a okay. So my view is that it is not a baby at that point. It is a clump of cells, and when it gets older, it starts to mature and grow. Then it becomes a full-fledged human being. But at that point, the autonomy is not there. The it's it's just. And then, but, but if regardless of any of that, how I feel about it, God in the Bible aborts babies. So if God does it, why is it a bad thing to terminate a pregnancy? That's not even a full baby.
2: Go ahead. So it's our ability to have the conversation. Is it a baby? Is it not? Is it a human life? Yeah. And I encourage that conversation by no means. Are we I going to stand here and announce you with some terrible negative. Word, let's have the conversation but our ability to have that conversation pre requires us to say our human judgment is imperfect it's not possible for each one like we look at the same situation we see it differently fair enough fair enough that happens in all sorts of things hard decisions pick for this the sure. one is because you mentioned killing babies yeah and yeah. and even at our highest courts this is not an easy decision to make never and easy. i say this to say it's not it, it's not so clear-cut as one might like it to be what actually is the justice what is what is justice here it's not a simple like i can't pop up and be like this is the one thing and have the whole world agree with me i mean the i can data tell you one clear. thing it's not, not though true.
0: but i can tell you what it's not sure and again it's not drowning babies it's not starving children it's not sending wild animals to attack children that's not justice in any sense of the word And anywhere you look they're going to go that's not justice well unless they're like you know they, they want to get back at their enemies or some shit all right, all right. i don't know people are weird but i'm people, just saying but that can't be right seen there. as perfect justice
2: because there is harm being done
0: and at that so, point it's not perfect anymore
2: here's one of the interesting things that comes down to this bible thing uh if i watch my children do something that's dangerous and i don't intervene am i responsible for what happens to them
0: drown them because they didn't listen
2: Oh, no, no, no. Let me, let's, say, let's say, for example, that um, the other day, my six-year-old, oh, I love this boy, but boy, he is a handful. He decides, he get this idea in his head, right? He comes upstairs and he takes one of the knives out of the kitchen. This is a true story. He goes downstairs and he cuts up the downstairs leather couch, like just mm-hmm. slices his big old holes in it, okay? Fair enough. Now, let's- think it a cake. The- I, you know, I honestly Maybe. think that he just loves the sensation of like the the, the the destroying stuff. He And I've given him so many things he gets to destroy. Like I, this kid will just loves it. And this Lord love him. That's, that's his <laughs> temperament. That's his skill set. Sure. Fair enough. But mm. if I stood there and watched him, which I didn't, because I would have for sure told him no. But if I did yeah. stand there and watch them and I did nothing, and most people would agree that I am responsible for allowing that to happen. Um, in fact, even in a legal setting, if if a police officer is hmm. present and a crime is happening, the police officer is not move to interfe- intervene, then he is legally guilty of that crime as well. OK, like um, he's not, not guilty Excuse me. He, is, he has a responsibility yeah. in the yeah. carry on of that crime if he took no action to try to prevent uh-huh. it. Yeah. And and there could be complicated circumstances. I'm not trying to make this a legalistic dispute. No, but to say that when I say Mm. the phrase that the police officer bears responsibility for that crime, I bear some responsibility for my son knifing the couch if I was there, Mm. is to say that the language we use is very complicated. And did God send the beast, or did God allow the beast to be sent? And those two things, when we look at it from the linguistic perspective, those can both be phrased the same way, but be radically so. God allowed the beast to be sent.
0: Well, in several I, places, he threatens to send wild animals to kill kids, and then he does it. Totally. In, in in a couple of places. But then the wild animals, uh, uh, the she bears, is what I'm talking about. There, where you know Elijah called them down, and he possessed the she bears yeah. willingly. Yeah. He didn't put up a fight at all. He says, "All right, Elijah called me. Here I go, diving in, yeah. and rawr.
2: <laughs> it, it, It's 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 yeah. yeah. killed. I don't know, man. It doesn't make any sense to me. I kind of want to. If that's just one of those stories those ancient Jews told their kids, like, "Now, kids, you better behave, or else they're to call the she bears on you." Like, you know, we you have call your father stories. bald one more time, <laughs> right? Oh man, one of the camping stories we have because my well, I love camping, and my buddy has the story about red eyes in the middle of the night, and we'll often be like, "Now it's time to go to bed. You gotta stay in bed, otherwise the red eyes might come out of the woods." Oh man, that's not gonna happen there, right? But they, it's so hard to like, you weren't there at that event. I was at that event. I don't know what there was literal truth. I don't know. Now, I understand your frustration saying, hey, look, the way the story is written, it looks really horrible. Agreed. I will agree with you on that one. But that Mm -hmm. is a far cry from saying a book which is by its own admission, Mm -hmm. contains a great deal of metaphorical truth, narrative truth, emotional truth, psychological truth that is not literal truth. And then the ability to say, I don't know for sure which ones those are. Mm -hmm. There are some places we do believe are literal truth, but there's a lot of places that are highly ambiguous. Even the entire story of Job, it is not known if the story of Job even now is literal truth or narrative truth. Uh, so yeah, so
0: you're on the I don't know camp for the Job.
2: Uh, on the Job camp, I'm divided. I've I read very good biblical exegesis in both directions. Mm-hmm. Um, both both could be either way. I think the narrative value of the story of Job is over the moon. Like that's when I look at that <laughs> just as a God boasting about himself.
0: <laughs> Where were you when I made the mountains? Curse well, but, you! Hey, I'm going to kill uh, your kids again.
2: <laughs> well, actually, technically, uh, but that's a great point. God oh, didn't yeah. kill his kids. God simply allowed this to Satan to kill his uh, kids, which is radically different. Now, God watched different. it
0: happen. Did He not?
2: God watches everything, and so if you God put watched God it to happen, docks, so He's guilty
0: of it as well, right? Since He allowed it this to happen is, and watched it happen.
2: This is the real question, isn't it? Uh, is someone truly guilty of something that they allowed to watch it happen? What if God admitted His guilt? Well, I would argue. I don't know that that's possible. But, and so I guess I'm maybe not sure how to answer the question well
0: he did twice in the flood he regret making okay. people so he had to drown them he, that was him that was his fault for making them that way and then the uh, second one is Job not... 2 3 that... and he still remain, and still he maintains his integrity though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason that's God talking to Satan about Job Satan enticed God to ruin Job for no reason he admitted it right there. He admits his fault. Let's go back to the flood one. Why But don't you think but, that's but, but,
2: but, but here's something we need. Doing something for no reason is not the same as fault. You're making a, a that's a logical. He made him hold. ruin him
0: without any reason. You made me destroy this man's life for no good reason. That's admitting that it's his fault yeah. that that happened. Here's what because I see.
2: P- particularly because Job has such a such a strong suspicion to be a narrative. Let's stick with the flood because the flood's a lot cleaner. Go there, ahead. There's yeah. actually there's actually historical geological evidence that a great Ooh. flood did occur way back then. Um, it's, 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 <clears throat> what was sorry. that? <laughs> a little local flood stuck in my throat there. <laughs> um, it, you know, honestly, there there's a great deal of speculation. Uh, I forget which sea it was. Uh, maybe uh, it was the Mediterranean Sea. There's speculation hmm. that the great flood could simply have referred to when the ocean dam wall broke and the Mediterranean Sea filled. I don't know, man. But there's yeah, the story After of the whole sort of world. flood is based yeah. uh, is is an integral part of so many different religions. Uh, yeah, find they it all had flooding all and they this. were all
0: scared and they so they made stories about it. We're humans. We make stories totally. on everything. I mean, totally. I could have stubbed my toe this morning and made a whole. Five page. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry.
2: But let's see here the flood, right? And flood. I think this really. is the question you're asking. Genesis 6-7 right is, is where he says it. Totally. Why blood? Why blood? Why life? Why blood? Why is that the thing blood. that God looks for for justice? Oh, so, blood.
0: Sorry. I thought we were going to flood. Uh, oh, the grieving. Bro, but
2: blood, life, life. and Because you've asked a couple times about blood. Oh, you knocked over Scotty. Poor buddy. He's... Oh, he, anyway, sorry. <laughs> sorry, listeners. Um yes. <laughs> Blood and life... Mm. Are narratively equivalent. So I'm a hunter, and I have you know shot a deer, shot an elk, in period of time. And there's then one of hunters who have actually record. for whatever. Yeah, for, totally fair. Totally for fair. savings. You no, know, I, I, I <laughs> you know, honestly, it's cheaper. My, I told my wife we're married. Oh, I'm going to hunt. Say, you know, <laughs> get meat to show that she laughs at me, and she so pulls up the budget of everything, spend the hunting things. You're totally right. for savings. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to call you on that in the slightest. um and there are times that I've watched an animal Diamond very close. In fact, even one time I was mm-hmm. actually touching one of the deer as it died and expired, as the blood left its body. And there's a direct correlation yeah. between blood and life. And the Bible calls that heart.
0: Yeah, I mean energy and life and and uh, muscles and life and, and electricity and life. Yeah, there's a lot of things connected with life that keep there us are, going.
2: But from a narrative story, blood is very powerful image as an image of life. Like I didn't take that deer's muscles out. I didn't take the deer's electrical charge out. Uh, but as that he deer's took the electrical blood charge changed, out of his life, I mean, I mean, he took it right out. No, technically the potassium sodium channels in his nervous system were still fully charged. They still had all the ions right there. Like that chemical differential was still there. Like, uh, hmm. I, if we want to go hmm. nitty gritty, I can go nitty gritty. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, had, yeah, still yeah Go ahead, go, go ahead. So you his took body. his life,
0: you took his life.
2: And the primary, the thing that I observed and experienced was his blood flowing mm-hmm. out as that transition occurred. Mm-hmm. And so here's the deal with the flood. If God gave you everything, just just for a moment, let's suppose let's for a moment, let's pretend God gave me everything. Yeah, totally. And that every atom in this world, every every law of physics, every whatever it is that elevates a, a cell, because you know we create the chemical makeup of a cell in the lab, and it won't suddenly become alive. Whatever that extra something is, too, that makes us alive. Hmm. Let's just for a moment imagine that all of that, in some form, originally came from God, and then we violate that debt. The most powerful thing we can get back, give back, the most powerful thing justice could ever seek is that is that life. It's actually one of the reasons why it's one of the basis why the criminal system in our country, and I'm not necessarily saying for or against this, but it's the logic why the death penalty exists, is because that is the greatest price that someone can pay. And so a lot of times when we look at the when God says, I will demand life, he's saying, This is the greatest debt I could, this is the greatest repayment you could possibly have to give to demonstrate. The extent of what the violation has been. Or you so just forgive if, people. But God is both perfect mercy and perfect justice. And it's a complicated justice. thing.
0: Killing the innocent isn't perfect justice, Michael. And nowhere in the innocent. world is killing the innocent perfect justice.
2: But they're not innocent. They're not.
0: Jesus was innocent, was he not?
2: Um, okay, you're right. Jesus is the one exception. Right. He had to kill Jesus. One. He
0: had to kill a clone of himself um, in order to forgive people. Practically,
2: no. The, the theological discussion, as I believe it to be true, is that Jesus had to shed blood.
0: Right. Killing him
2: perfect was blood. an additional option. Yep. He had perfect he blood, ha- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He had to
0: have that blood in order so he wouldn't have forgiven people. So he the had to have of, perfect blood.
2: The passion Why? of Christ went beyond that is a way of connecting with sinners why because the blood represents life because the blood i don't care what it represents
0: i'm asking why does he need it why does he require it just as a representation because it represents life so that's why he requires blood
2: because (laughs) his justice requires it. If he is perfect justice, justice peace must be fulfilled. No, now
0: that's just a made-up crap that he made up. It doesn't have to. He's God. He could forgive people like normal people. He says in the Bible, what is it? Colossians 3 something. He says that we should forgive each other like he forgives people. What is that
2: supposed to mean?
0: Are we supposed to kill the innocent so we can forgive people? Or does he want us just to forgive people like normal human beings?
2: But it also says because you have been forgiven you are to forgive others. And that's right. a key how? reason how why. How are we
0: supposed to forgive people? How does God want us to forgive people?
2: Because in the in the how? way that...
0: How does he want us to do it?
2: Not, through the mercy why, of
0: Christ, how? ultimately.
2: How? So, that, the, because of the mercy of Christ. So the invisible blood of Jesus? I'm confused. Um, I, I would argue it's not invisible. I, I believe Jesus Christ was a it. well-documented man. Um, Actually, I have seen... There are what's called Eucharistic miracles, oh. some of which, which do actually... During a, a Catholic mass, has occurred dozens of times throughout history, where the consecrated hosts have actually reverted to the original elements, and they've actually blood type Jesus. They have some of this they blood type Jesus that Michael. Yeah, he's a, that he, this is
0: going off a deep end here, a real deep. Red. I, I, I know, I know. I hear what you're saying, dude. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> so the the all the the foreskins they have in Jesus documented. are real too, then?
2: I I've not, not scientifically heard any
0: documented as Jesus's blood. We have no idea what it would be. If it was Jesus' blood, we have no idea what that would look like even. So if we tested it, we have nothing to test it against. So we would have no idea to verify that it's Jesus' blood. So that cannot be scientifically proven.
2: Here's what's unique about these sort of situations. When you have blood removed from the body, there's certain chemical breakdowns that begin to happen very quickly. This is well characterized. And when you take some of this consecrated wine... No, no, that's just one character of science, like criminal, criminal pathology and forensics exist. And it's all, this is very, that's how one of the ways, many ways you identify time of death, right? Like that, yeah, that's science. We use
0: science. Do. Yeah, we use all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right.
2: What's interesting about these samples that the church has allowed scientists to investigate is they don't demonstrate the, the virtually universally displayed breakdown characteristics. Um, same thing with the concentrated host that becomes the Jesus's flesh. It actually Wait, has been identified that. as ventricle Sorry. tissue. Yeah. Concentrated host becomes Jesus' flesh. Consecrated. I mumbled. I mumbled. Consecrated. And so. Uh, like the cracker? As, as a Catholic. Uh, yep. the little piece of bread. Uh, oh so you believe that i believe that at the moment of consecration that does actually become the flesh of christ and the blood christ wow i've
0: only talked to a couple of you i know um that's
2: really weird so when
0: when you turn it into it is super well number one cannibalism that's weird off the top number two jesus wants you to cannibalize him number three you say magic words and a cracker becomes skin
2: no, be real clear. I Fresh. don't say them, and it's not skin. It's it's a heart tissue. Uh, so in fact, the the, the we have tissue. a number of these that actually have fully converted, and the medical dec- documentation shows the test the tissues evaluated was a slice of left ventricle tissue. And the particular study I'm looking <laughs> at <of> right now. <laughs> that Michael, is, you're telling me the cracker was.
0: actually turned into into flesh, and they tested it, and it's been tested totally. as Jesus.
2: Well, so the the scientific I haven't person seen can't this say it's Jesus, right?
0: Nova special. I must have missed that one. Just Where go Google. Jesus, Jesus was spirituals.
2: proven. There are dozens of these. And Michael, this is amazing. This is one of the reasons I'm Catholic. Is these Michael, are these doc- aren't
0: amazing. These are easily just disproven. Once we get down and deep in them, they, I, I understand that you you've you believe in this fullheartedly and whatnot, but sure, I mean, sure. we can we can go through all of those individuals, and we'd have to research them and
2: you'd, look into them. You'd be so sur- um, I realize we don't have time for that now. But yeah. my claim to you is just to take a look at the number of scientists who set out with specifically the intent of disproving it. Catholic scientists Later, or regular scientists? No, no, these were like secular scientists. Do well, secular this scientists agree? I'm going to prove it wrong. That Jesus skin. Intention. They start is... off. They don't, they don't call it Jesus. All they know is they're given a piece of tissue and told. Evaluate this in a medical perspective. Tell me what this is, where the sample is. No, came no, from. no.
0: Oh, okay. They, so, so they, they were say just say, given the piece of tissue. They uh, weren't uh, there for the actual transformation to watch
2: it uh, happen. But you have to understand the nature oh. of these tissue samples. It is yeah. impossible to exist in the way yeah. it's delivered to them. They literally. Yeah, say it's also like,
0: impossible to exist without, you know, watching it turn. And that's, I don't I mean, you're not going to watch it turn. It just turned and like, hey, here's a skin now. No, come on, Michael. Come on.
2: Here's my invitation to you. And. Mm. <laughs> listeners, just Google Eucharistic Miracles. Yeah. And when you read and Jesus the scientific baggage, How many of those are? There's a lot of them. <laughs> I, I am unfamiliar <laughs> with that one, but I'm telling you that scientific data that that is mm. patently impossible. Like right now, if you cut my, my heart open, and please don't, but if you were <laughs> to do that and take out a piece of that tissue, the tissue would decay. And that, that decay rate is very well known. Yeah. And it's well characterized. Yeah. And you have certain presence of different types of cell concentrations that rise and go different as a function of time from when that yeah. tissue sample was removed. Like this this is this is very simple stuff. Yeah. These samples don't display the usual parameters at all. Interesting. And it's the same as Shroudoturum. Yeah.
1: Oh, like they, no, they,
2: that has been debunked as well. Here. Michael, Michael, look into these things, will... look into
0: these things and I'll look into the 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 crackers turning to flesh, which is really weird, but I'll do it. I'll look into it. Look into the. It is super rich. Tur- it's definitely been debunked, man, over and over and over all these things. So I want to what I want to do is I want to see the cracker turn to flesh. That's what I want. I want to have a video camera on the thing, me in the room, dude saying magic words, cracker turns to flesh. That would be a little more convincing than somebody bringing some flesh to a doctor's office and saying, "Hey, look, I turned this cracker into this flesh." <laughs> you know it's just
2: a, the doctor then turns around yeah. and says, this flesh is impossible it might change your tune but that's it.
0: It could I'll be alien you. flesh. I mean, it could be Aquaman flesh, you know righteous. We don't even know. we have no idea. outrageous, that's what he says. outrageous. I love that. Indeed, uh, indeed. Not, not the other Aquaman, you know, I would love cool to see it too.
2: yeah I, I would love to see that. But also. why
0: all of a sudden is it Jesus? It could be a million different things. Um, there could be a space alien out there granting wishes. You don't even know.
2: But you yeah. know, there's a. The, it is relatively a straightforward process to mm-hmm. say this is human DNA. Um, it's DNA consistent with what you would expect from a Jewish population. Mm-hmm. Um, they have blood typed it. You know, there, there's a great deal of scientific data we can do. Could you have an alien so, so society so advanced it could fake all that? probably sure you know what is it uh Orwell, I think it was said you know to a sufficiently advanced technological culture you know it always looks like magic to someone who's you know, sufficiently <laughs> advanced right yeah, totally
0: absolutely thor uses is magic it... but it's actually just science so you know
2: well you know i got a story you say anyways i know i've got to meet crimson at some point in time i'd love to have a couple anyways they had a different story
0: yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank you for that uh, um Oh, man, I, there's so many things I want to go into. Before we close it out, though, I do want to touch on contradictions in the Bible.
2: Okay, very good.
0: How do you feel about contradictions? Are they there? And and, and what do you think about them?
2: Surface level, 100%. But I will point out to you that there are contradictions in what I say to my children every day. And so oftentimes well, that's because I'm flawed. I speak poorly. Yeah. Yeah. But there are also sometimes my children hear contradictions that actually weren't there in the first place because they're flawed and they listen poorly. And so I would argue when I look at contradictions in the Bible... They're going to fall in one of several different categories. Either, number one, surface level, we have a bad translation. You know, we just generally have someone who's translated poorly.
0: And that's not as common. Where it's did they get bit... their original translation from? Was it from God and then they translated it poorly? Or did God send it to somebody else and somebody else told them? And they told a sheep and the sheep told the goat and the goat told them?
2: Well, I doubt the goat was in the way. But these are well... might be...
0: Yeah,
2: you know. <laughs> these days goats. I think yeah, they have some new political movement for that. But so we do have some level of historicity data based from the Dead Sea Scrolls. But you're right. Prior to that, who knows? We do not have clear data of how that was transmitted. It's believed it was an oral tradition. And so, mm-hmm. insofar as an oral tradition goes, today we moderns really scoff at oral traditions. But actually, there's a number of scientific studies that have been done of cultures that do not, write today, have writing, and their ability to preserve um, texts. Orally is actually shocking. Yeah. Like they're their actually ability really good at it,
0: their ability. I mean, we. They, I mean, during the time of the Bible, there were millions of stories going around, and the ones that were written down were just some of them. There were millions of Noah stories and and, and different oh, for sure. You know, oh, Abraham's and all those different guys. Jesus. There was even more Jesus's and different kinds of Jesus's and stuff. So it, it's not a big surprise. So these ones coming out of it isn't really that great. So do you think that? god told his children to write his book and then his children screwed up the book or got it wrong or
2: you know at times i'm thinking individual translations perhaps but i think if we go back to contradictions the other big part to it is really not having clarity when is it a narrative truth when is it a story when does it mean to convey something deeper and i'm gonna start off with an easy one um the seven like the seven days of creation right And a lot lot of Christians will stand by and say, that's clearly 24 hours. Now, as a scientist, I kind of snicker that a little bit because I'm like, how do you know what an hour is when the sun and earth don't exist yet? (laughs) Right. I mean, what what metric time are you even using to measure that with? Mm -hmm. And so I take there is a view within the Catholic Church, which I believe entirely, which is that day is metaphorical. It doesn't even make sense to have a day when you don't have what that is. And when I once I say, okay, great, we're in a metaphorical setting, we're saying, what is the metaphorical truth here that God's trying to convey? And there's a ton of them. Uh, in fact, actually, Jordan Peterson, from a secular standpoint, does a phenomenal job in his Genesis lectures of walking through. He spends an entire hour just on that story. I think it's almost two hours because the number of different metaphorical narrative truths can carried in that story You can get all kinds high.
0: of things out of everything, 100%. You know, I can find meaning in, in all kinds of crazy things for sure i mean even hitler said good things at at some point he he said some inspirational quotes i can get inspirational quotes from a monster yeah Yeah, that doesn't mean he's not a monster though
2: uh, i'm not claiming the bible is infallible just because it's deep that's my no means my claim. But my claim is, is that apparent contradictions may be due to misunderstanding of the nature of that particular text's purpose. And if Genesis 1 was not meant to be literal truth, but instead meant to be narrative truth, which wow. my only claim is to say there's sufficient evidence to say that it should be, and that's consistent with teaching of the church, then looking at it from a literal truth standpoint is going to lead to contradictions. So Genesis 1 and 2, I mean,
0: there's vast differences in the, in the of order of things and how it goes. So in those two instances, those were two different stories God allowed to be put in there or how does that work for
2: you? The other, I, I think I mentioned this last time how there's a Sunday where my wife and I both got ready for mass. We were late and we each of us told a radically different story about how that yes. day went Yeah, and understand that the narrative reality is going to be different from different perspectives and will appeal to different people different ways. You know, uh, I've done a bit of speaking myself, right? And one of the things that's really important to understand is that different people need different types of speaking. right? And depending doesn't on God want to get the truth? Wouldn't God want the truth to, to be universal? Isn't his truth
0: supposed to be universal? Shouldn't we I'm all be claimed, able to understand it the same way?
2: Uh, those are two separate questions. And I would say that the narrative truth in life is more true. We live our lives more based off narrative truth than actual truth. This is well documented. And, and what I believe the story to be is oftentimes far more important to me and it will be what I base my decisions off of far more than what the actual physical reality as tested by science is. That's just how we operate. So the narrative truth is the truth. But now the second question, don't we all want, shouldn't we all be able to get the same way? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. God because can't find a
0: universal be. truth?
2: Uh, it's not a matter of being a universal truth. It's a matter of the diversity of ways of receiving it. Why, at the heart of, you know, we could get in the whole, we want to say in politics, well, okay. the whole uh, DEI business gets rough, but there's a truth within there, which is to say that a diversity of perspectives does add strength. To add these different perspectives, different ways of seeing things, different ways of looking at the world is mm-hmm. a strength. But in order for that to exist, you must therefore also be willing to translate information to them in different ways. We're not all the same person. That's a good thing.
0: But it looks bad. I'm just telling you, Michael, it looks bad when you contradict your beginning story, when your first story right off the bat is two different versions of the same thing. it looks bad as your truth, because truth tends to not contradict itself. And truth tends to be pretty truthful and not two different things. Uh, And then we go John real quick. John 14, 26. uh, The Holy Spirit helps people remember things. So that they can write it down. Do you think this happens? Do, is that a part of oh.
2: it, or? Oh, for sure, that's true. But th- let me let me go back to because we have to understand <laughs> what, the, what truth means here in this context. Now you, you got Scotty back there, and I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Now <laughs> I want you to imagine Worf. You know, in the next yeah. generation, he's just like, yeah. "These are our stories. This is what makes us Klingon. These stories, <laughs> and even <laughs> Worf, and the, right, exactly. <laughs> even he would quickly say that I don't know if these are literal truth." But the narrative truth, the stories—not the historicity of the stories—but the stories themselves are what contains the truth that make us Klingon. No, we're not Klingon, so like but, I'm not going to. But if there's the not a consistent Klingon, truth, how can we tell what the truth is? Wh- who was created because first?
0: Uh, man, woman, animals? What was created first? We can't tell. We have no idea because it's contra- contradicting stories. So we can't even know the but, truth.
2: But this is such a great example. Let's pretend that I could right now answer that question definitively. I can't, but imagine if I could, what would you do different tomorrow morning? Absolutely nothing. nothing.
0: Because that's just one little that piece. There's so many pieces that are
2: screwy. That truth <laughs> has no relevance for your life whatsoever. It's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, okay. the narrative truth presented by that chapter, here's a great little micro example, one of many, huh. many ones. When God says, God did this, it was good. God did this, it was good. When's the first time God said it's not good? When he creates man and sees that man is alone. And he says, ah that's not good, and so he goes out well, to find. According man to him. that version, yes, that version. That because uh, you know God didn't know well, what this was is gonna, the narrative we were looking at. Right? Well, I'm not. Did I'm God not, not know what
0: was what was going to help the the man? Did he not know right off the bat? Because he tried several times and he failed every time until he got it right.
2: Or did he? Or perhaps maybe he did know that for the man to accept the help, the man had to go on a journey and the journey was one of going confronting front of the world but this is true this is this is how no, i work man.
0: i know it is how you work it so you got to work the story somehow you got and 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 that's an interesting way to do it that's uh that's
2: you know I, I you're a parent how many times can you walk up to your kids and say kiddos here's the easy way to do it and they're like no way man i'm, I'm not a first. perfect
0: being who knows what would it take to get them to understand god knows what it would take to get people to understand god also knows what it would take to get them to get the story right but he chose Confusion instead. And God's not the author of confusion. And Michael, I'm confused.
2: I'm confused too. I blame myself for that. But let me, I'm going to take this in a funny twist. (laughs) Imagine right now I gave you the powers of God. And I say, you could simplify your children's life so much so that every single time you give them the truth, they'll be able to accept it. Would you, or they can
0: understand the truth? I want them to be able to understand the truth. My job as a parent is to communicate things to my children. If I'm communicating contradicting advice, contradicting stories, contradicting truths, they're not going to
2: trust me no that's not true we do this all the time like just the other day we true. Like, let, I'm let not true I'm not going to
0: f- trust somebody who, who lies to me when tells me contradicting stories as parents, if you tell me this is how the world began but then you continue on another completely different story and tell me this is how the world began I
2: can't believe you because now you've given me two different ways so it's not as parents, trustworthy as parents I, I have three daughters and I love my daughters dearly and oh, we travel so and I tell them that not that you love uh, them but it, you have daughters I hear you there no the oldest <laughs> ones have hitting puberty are oh my goodness Ooh. anyways we travel. I say, yeah. look, if someone ever approaches you in the bathroom, like because we mm-hmm. accept, a stop at public restroom I make all of them stay together. I want you to yeah. scream and do everything you can to get away. You're allowed to hit them. You're allowed to do whatever you have yeah. to do if yeah. someone's trying to retain you, right? Yeah. But at the same time, we also tell our kids, don't hit people. There's a contradiction right there. I tell them all the time, don't hit people. But, but I we've also made
0: say, that contradiction clear. This is the circumstance in which you can do that. This is the circumstance in which you cannot do that. God is not very clear. He says, but go ahead and do it. Don't do it. Wait, what? Well, can I or can't I? Did you do it? Didn't you do it? When did you do it? What day did you do it? Who did you create? You know.
2: But life isn't always clear. I picked that one because that's a great example for children. No, yeah. Life As is definitely in the not the realm of clear. adults, it is a complicated spectrum. And it's not sufficient to say that because I personally do not yet fully understand the rules. I'll just use the hitting people because that's what I brought up. Right. Well, or we just go back to the abortion issue. When is it okay to kill, kill you know, a clump of cells slash baby or not? It's not <laughs> clear. It, there and is so, a time frame when it becomes...
0: That different being when it starts to form more. There, I mean, there's science ah. behind it. You can look into it. You can do it. You can you can see it. Um, there's there's but, science uh, yeah, uh, there's
2: yeah. science on both sides of our equation. there's the beauty of science. There's error bars in science, and yeah. both of our arguments can be backed up by scientific claims and with scientific d- data. That's wow. a true fact. Minus the god compli- part. That's a you can't claim of really, god part. There you can't really scientifically claim prove that one though. Um, I, I'm talking about just the issue of abortion right now. Just the abortion. There, okay. There's scientific data both on both sides that says it is a human baby at the moment of conception, and there's scientific data that says it's not. It just it depends on how
0: you take the data. I think that's what it is. It's, it's how it's, it's are not. you interpreting the data?
2: My and point then. is to say these are complicated issues, and it mm-hmm. isn't trivial. It's it, to to uh, To my seven-year-old daughter, it is complicated to say dad you said i shouldn't ever hit and now you're telling me i can hit like as a seven it shouldn't be complicated in that situation
0: you're in trouble it's okay to hit now i mean that's, that's not I'm, too complicated
2: come on okay. i mean it i don't want to have too fun because i want to get too weird because i realized that you know, <laughs> to, 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 to weird in dark places and i think we both understand the point here that mm. it is complicated i'm just gonna stick with a portion it mm. is complicated if it were not then we would all agree yeah we would all have the same answer to that for sure
0: well, and I mean, then, then there's so many issues in life. People always have opinions. And the problem is opinions don't follow facts
2: sometimes. And that's where we get in trouble. Um, totally. But my point but yeah, is no. to say that even when we follow the facts, it's complicated. And when I look at the Bible, the, the basic stuff in the Bible, okay, that makes sense. I think i pick a lot of stuff out of the Bible. We would both agree that makes sense. But then hmm. sometimes the Bible moves into far more complex topics, which don't necessarily make sense. And, you know, while I'm trying to tell my children, here's a great question. Should my kids go to college right now? Cool. That's a complicated question. Yeah. You know, the data is really complex. You want to leave, settle with a house debt, and maybe make more money, maybe not. Do you mm-hmm. want to go start your own business? Like, There's a lot of data right now. Forget the whole religious st- side of the equation. Yeah. Even from a secular standpoint, I'm not sure mm-hmm. they should go to college. Mm-hmm. And this is speaking as a PhD chemist, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is not easy. Yeah. And as we go into these different discussions, they are complicated. And yeah. we need to leave room. The Bible is attempting to convey truth in a situation that I may not yet be able to fully understand and grapple with.
0: Well, I, I hope when you look for advice in the Bible, you don't open to the burn your daughters section um, instead of sending them to college. College is good. Learn stuff.
2: <laughs> I, would, I would certainly choose college over burning my daughters, yes.
0: Uh, uh, good, uh, good.
2: <laughs> um, one of the beauties of mm. being a Catholic is I do have a stated authority that has made it very clear we are not supposed to burn our daughters. Mm. That good. was not a question for me.
0: Good, because your God said it was okay earlier. But now it's not because the guy with the big hat says no.
2: There's no recorded situation of the voice of God being recorded saying it's okay. Mm -hmm. There's a a piece of document that may be narrative truth, that may be not. But I would point out to you, at the very least, my church explicitly claims it is not a literal truth meant to be applied in a literal way now. And it's so hard to separate out what actually happened back then. I'm not going to deny for you a minute that if if the writings of the Old Testament were meant to be a literal imperative of how to live today, that it would be a horrible situation. That made God a horrible God. But if instead they're trying to grapple with how do we use an extremely limited vocabulary, extremely limited intellect to convey ideas that are so complex that even now with our current stuff, we can't even agree what the science says about whether or not abortion is fine or not. Then there's got to be room to say, this is some complicated stuff we're in here. Hmm. And some of this narrative truth. And my claim to you is a lot more of it is narrative truth than you might want to initially take for granted. Hmm. Well, interesting truth have you read such dostoevsky. a good topic i love this have you read of dostoevsky ahead. no i love him he's a russian author um, or uh, or um, the other great one, uh, Gulag Archipelago, but really stick with Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky writes fiction, and a great number of very well-learned men, smarter than I, would claim that the truth contained in good fiction is more real, is more true than the truth contained in a particular, I'll say, literal narrative events. I could recount to you the last 24 hours, to the best. let's pretend I wrote it down, of my exact life, and that could be literally true but would contain less meaningful truth than the story of Dostoevsky, which was never actually literally true at all. It's the acknowledged work of fiction. And in that, he contains these ideas that are deeper truths, that are more true. And it's a fallacy to say that as a human being, I should place greater priority upon a scientific measurement of, is this a pen, than I should of, what does it mean to love? How do I be a better husband by looking at the story of how I love my wife and find meaning and purpose in that relationship? Mm. And that story coming from narrative, is more important to me and it should be more important to me than many literal truths. Hmm. Interesting.
0: It's one way to do it. That's for sure. Uh, Michael, this has been a blast. Uh, We're out of time here. Uh, Any closing words last, uh, last anything you got there? Where can we find you as well?
2: Absolutely. Closing words. I think what I would invite listeners who are grappling with this is an invitation to say that when attempting a literal reading of the Bible, I have the deepest sympathy for why it could easily appear that God's a horrible, horrible person. And it is called an act of faith to say that God's not, because there isn't explicit Mm -hmm. evidence to say that clearly. It is required to be an act of faith. However, what needs to be looked at is the larger context as a whole, and what is the general fruit that has come about from Christianity, And Mm -hmm. what is the direction that has moved the world? And if I look at consistently what happened in 10,000 B.C., 8,000 B.C., 6,000 B.C., 4,000 B.C., 2,000 B.C., B.C. happens, you know, 500 A.D., 1,000 A.D., 1,500 A.D. What I see is Christianity brings around with it a radical improvement of the morality that suggests there's got to be something there. I know. I'm dude, all sorts of stuff to attack. Dude, I mean, there's history.
0: I I've, I've read the history. I mean, the witch trials alone, you know, it pisses me off. Every time I see a movie about a oh. witch trial and they're real witches, it just annoys me because I shouldn't. But there were real people that suffered through this for stupid oh, reasons. For, and sure. Just, and it pisses me off. 100%. agree I see there.
2: That. 100%. Do <sighs> good people misapply the Bible?
0: Absolutely.
2: But where is it good? I have yet to
0: see the overwhelming good. I have seen bad. I have seen good, but I haven't seen an overwhelming good to wash away all the bad things that get well, done in the name of Christianity for Christianity or what Christianity married, or the right? Bible tells them to or God tells them to. I mean, there's so many horrible things in the Bible. We got the slavery that came, that like the women are being degraded. There's just the other way around. It's Free so bad, Michael
2: <laughs> If you're married and your wife's not your property, <clears throat> you have Christendom to take for that. Free um, Christendom Women, I, were I, not individuals. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll agree to disagree on that one. That's a whole other uh, conversation. And, man, we can get into the historicity of, of the church and women and, and all of those wonderful stories there. But we, we're out of time here. Thank you so much, Michael. Totally. Where can we find you? Where can we find you? At? Oh, yeah, you absolutely. So
2: I'm I'm Catholic. I'm a life coach. I work with mm-hmm. men. Find me. Just type in Google "Catholic Life Coach for Men." That's my website. It's my podcast name. That's where you can find me. I, I'm happy to work with anyone who's Christian or even not Christian. Look, I love you so much. I'll work with you too, Michael. I'll make Aww. a special exception <laughs> just for you. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Michael. <laughs> All right, man. This has been a blast. We'll talk to you later. We'll keep in touch. I'll let you know absolutely it comes out,
2: man. A pleasure as always. Okay.
0: That's all the show there is for you today. Thanks for listening. As always, you can find me at the Bible Says What YouTube and Facebook pages. You can also find clips of the show on TikTok under BSW The Podcast. If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash bswthepodcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will get you early access to each episode by at least three days, stickers, shirts, and shoutouts. That's patreon.com forward slash bswthepodcast. For the latest events, BSW swag, including signed copies of The Bible Says What, the book, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them? Next time when the Bible says what?
1: Good. But I'll yeah. still pray
0: for you. Oh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I'll send happy thoughts your way as well. Um, who who convinces people that God is real? Is God convinced them? Does he come down and talk to them and say, hey, I'm real? How does that work? Because you're convinced that God is real because he's done you things know, in your life.
1: This is interesting because so I had those seeds planted in me very early. However, I, I swayed. I mean I I was I questioned things and mm-hmm. I wasn't strong in my faith because I was it was so legalistic and some of the same questions you've had um I had when I was in college in my early 20s and I didn't understand why things were happening and it wasn't until I was older and I think I was ready I was ready I was mm. looking for something more and I was ready to to research isn't the right word, but to really dive more into the Bible to scripture Mm. and really discover what that meant to me or for Mm. me, I say, I should say for me. Mm. And it probably wasn't until I had the experience when with my father that I really became closer to God. Hmm.
0: Interesting. So he used that pain to get you closer to him.